Good morning. Welcome to chapel this day. Glad you are all here. For those of you that had failed to remember to wear green, there is forgiveness. I grew up in a house where if you made it off of your pillow and into the hallway and had not any green on, pinching commenced. It was awful. But then at the end of the day, there was... Uh, good treats and gifts and cake. Thank you for Chapel Choir being here today, for singing, joining us in worship. Thank you, Jean, for being here. A little bit about Irish table and making room at the table. For our readers, Eliza and Rebecca, uh, you'll notice as you wandered in, a whole set of cranes flying in the narthex. What's that all about? First, a piece of publicity on the 29th homecoming concert for our choir. One of the songs that the women's chorale is singing is uh, a commissioned piece, and there are at least a hundred women's choirs singing this particular commissioned piece, the focus of which is about world peace. And in Japanese tradition, the symbol for peace is that of a crane. So, somebody's going to ask how many. There are over 200 cranes out there. There are thousands of women singing this particular commissioned piece as a part of uh, a musical expression this coming year. And in that way, the voice of peace is made louder and symbolized by the presence of a crane. Also, there will be chapel next Thursday, but I suspect some of you won't be here. But there will be some of us that are. So we're going to have chapel anyway, even though it's during spring break. With that, let's stand, and together we worship. Gracious God, your table is wide open. Your love is given to all. You set a table for your children and invite them to share your meal. You nourish us both physically and spiritually, patiently teaching us that we make room for each other at the meal you have provided for us. Gracious God, we are honored and grateful at your table. We know that all things come from you. As we delight at the wonders of our life, satisfied with our overflowing cup, take time to give thanks to you and ask for others. Fill their cup and plate. This sacred moment Take time to raise up our prayers and concerns to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
first reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached the perfection in love. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Here ends the reading. St. Patrick's Day. Bit of trivia. When I was a student here, yes, I was, I wore this dress <laughs> and danced for a staff party on St. Patrick's Day in the business office. So this proves two things. I really am Irish, and I was once this thin. Today, I'm putting a, an Irish twist on the chapel theme, Room at the Table, and addressing space at the Irish table. As you may know, I teach in the communication department, and in our discipline, space plays a key role in the communication process. Some cultures are um, comfortable standing an arm's length away, and others are close talkers, right? Even the old uh, comedy on Seinfeld has a skit about close talkers and how they invade our personal space and make us feel uncomfortable. So in the tradition of Irish storytellers, I'm gonna address this concept of discomfort in the closeness of space and focus on the message from our readings with a few personal stories that illustrate how when we encounter the space of others, other religions, other cultures, other viewpoints, we can become uncomfortable and even fearful and that fear and discomfort can get in the way of unity and understanding. So to honor St. Patrick's Day, I chose a story about my Irish grandfather, an Irish priest, and St. Patrick himself. So my first story begins with my parents when they were in their 20s, both Irish, both raised in Chicago, but for their families, their closeness caused a lot of discomfort. You see, my mom's family was from Northern Ireland, politically part of the UK, my dad's family, was from the Republic of Ireland in the South. And as with many political situations, the oversimplification of these border tensions translated into religious tensions. The troubles, as they call them, stem from the clash between the Protestant North and the Catholic South. And even though my parents were raised in Chicago, the space between the Presbyterians and the Catholics was very evident. Literally, their Irish neighborhoods were on opposite sides of the track and on the day of their wedding, my mom was not sure that my grandfather would attend. 
he was not happy about this situation, uncomfortable that the space between these Presbyterians and the Catholics was diminishing. As my parents made their life together, the space between the religious differences narrowed, fears and tensions subsided, and my grandfather was introduced to the family priest, also of Irish heritage, Father Bill Finnegan, a good Irish name. Although my grandfather never addressed him by his Catholic title, Father Bill, my grandfather grew to respect and cherish Bill. And Bill was asked to actually say the eulogy at my grandfather's funeral. That's how close they be had become over the years. Years later, my mom's family remained close with Father Bill and asked him to preside at the memorial service for my uncle, my Jewish uncle. Yes, they shared the space that my grandfather bravely walked into, continued on a trajectory of more inclusion. My Presbyterian aunt held the memorial service of her Jewish husband, my uncle, in her Presbyterian church, and a Catholic priest presided. How's that for shared space? I used to think how silly and close-minded my grandfather was to have such a divisive viewpoint in the first place, but now I see that his willingness to step into that shared space, leaving behind the views and fears he was raised with, was a brave act, and how it had a ripple effect on the entire family. The space, once divided, became a space of inclusion and unity. And Father Bill didn't remain unaffected either. From this new encounter with him, um, he, he got to share with a little bit of my family. In my family, I have developmentally disabled brothers and sisters, and Father Bill had no experience with this population. And back in those days, the developmentally disabled were still in segregated schools, and they weren't engaged in their communities very often, as their disabilities made people uncomfortable. Through my family and my mom's persistent effort to create inclusion, uh, inclusion in church life for my siblings, Father Bill helped her create spiritual opportunities for them and eventually took the role of chaplain at Kennedy School, which is a home dedicated to the developmentally disabled, where he made space for community to encounter and include people with developmental disabilities. So we can see in these two profiles, my grandfather, an Irish farmer from Bush Mills, and an Irish priest from Chicago, stepping into shared space fostered new understandings, even if the initial encounters weren't of their own making. St. Patrick's encounter with the Celts in Ireland was definitely not of his choosing. He was only 16 when he was captured off the coast of Britain by the Celts and taken back to Ireland as a slave until he escaped at the age of 23. As we can all appreciate, those are pretty formative years. His college years, if you want to think about it that way, although the Celts didn't offer a four-to-finish program. He was there for seven years. <clears throat> but like our students, he learned a new language, was introduced to different cultures, and encountered new ideas. And when Patrick escaped Ireland, he went to Rome to be trained as a priest. And then he took the bold step of heading back to Ireland for his ministry, intentionally re-encountering the space in which he was once held captive. St. Patrick, of course, is famous for ministering to the people of Ireland, which was made easier because the Celtic concept of God within was consistent with his teachings. But we know that Ireland became a deeply religious country due in part to his ministry, yet St. Patrick was not unaffected by this encounter. The encounter made him move away from Rome's legalistic approach to the faith and embrace the mysticism in the Celtic tradition. 
According to the late John O'Donohue, who's an Irish poet, philosopher, and an expert on Celtic spirituality, one of the key concepts St. Patrick magnified from his time with the Celts was this concept of that God infuses everything, even the space between us. And our growth and discovering our purpose depends on our willingness to walk into that space. O'Donohue writes, quote, risk might be our greatest ally. To live a truly creative life, we always need to cast a critical look at where we presently are, attempting to always discern where we have become stagnant and where new beginnings might be ripening. There can be no growth if we do not remain open and vulnerable to what is new and different, end quote. But listen again to his last line. There can be no growth if we do not remain open and vulnerable to what is new and different. Recently, I was given the opportunity to encounter something new and different. My son converted to Islam and married a devout Muslim into her family from Egypt. My initial reaction was to keep the space between us wide, particularly in this post 9-11 world. Me, who was once so quick to label my grandfather as close-minded, found myself suddenly empathetic to his fears of encountering difference. But as my grandfather did, I risked the sharing of space with this new family, and on my son's wedding day, I slipped off my shoes to enter the sacred space of their mosque and listened to the words of the Quran chanted in Arabic by the Iman. My husband and I, he's right there, honored the Muslim tradition where the groom's family hosted dinner for the immediately families at their home after this religious ceremony. Well, into this space, too, leaked some telltale signs of our family's culture. My husband's family is, uh, are Chaldean Christians from the Middle East, and I, of course, from Ireland. So the dinner for this immediate family turned into a dinner for 60, um, <laughs> and <laughs> grew a little bit beyond what they intended. But can you guess who might be there to share the blessing? Bill. You've got it, Rebecca. <laughs> Father Bill, our family priest who befriended my grandfather 40 years earlier, he stood in front of those gathered, some wearing hijabs, some with raised wine glasses, but all in communion in this new space. And Father Bill praised God's mysterious way of bringing understanding into the world through the love of two young people, separated by religion and culture, but brought together by love. The world needs more love, he said, and then we all made space for each other at the tables and shared a meal. Here at CLU, we're blessed to have space to encounter each other in classrooms and staff rooms, in residence halls, and in this chapel. We're challenged to take risks, to encounter the unknown, walk in communal space, make space at the table. And I'd like to leave you today by offering a blessing written by John Don O'Donohue from his book, To Bless the Space Between Us. In it, he talks about how we must risk being disturbed by change and leave fear behind. So in the Celtic tradition, I'm going to ask you to stretch forth your hand palm up. And this signifies the connection we share in this space between us from a morning offering. All that is eternal in me welcomes the wonder of this day, the field of brightness it creates, offering time for each thing to arise and illuminate. I place on the altar of dawn the quiet loyalty 
of breath, the tent of thought where I shelter, waves of desire I am sure to, and all beauty drawn to the eye. May my mind come alive today to this invisible geography that invites me to new frontiers, to break the dead shells of yesterday, to risk being disturbed and changed. May I have the courage today to live the life that I would love, to postpone my dream no longer, but do at last what I came here for and waste my heart on fear no more. Amen. wisdom to see beyond the superficial. Give us the courage to move beyond ourselves. Show us your will for each one of us and open our eyes to see you. Guide us to live lives that honor you. Praise you through our May you feel the presence of God walking beside you each and every day. May God bless you inner peace and give you strength to overcome your fears. May God's love propel you to reach out to others. Amen. Peace and act with compassion according to the word of God. Thanks be to God.